Through stories, conversations, and thoughts, shifting perspectives to bridge the gap between the seen and unseen. I'm Satsuki Shibuya, and this is I and I. For this episode, it is a Q&A session where I'll be answering questions sent in by you, the listeners. Thank you for sharing. Or through other platforms that I'm on where people can connect with me. For example, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I do receive questions through email as well. But if you might be interested in submitting your question, you can find a Q&A form on our website. If you go to satsukishibuya.com, click on INI. And if you scroll all the way down on the about page, you'll see a form there. Feel free to just fill it out and send it in and your question will be answered on this episode. I've been receiving questions for a while about various topics and I felt it was important to bring this into the INI podcast as part of the programming because as much as I feel it's important to share stories or interviews, I think that connecting with other people through their personal sharing is really important. And sometimes I answer these questions privately because they tend to be a lot heavier, but a lot of times I ask people if it would be okay to answer them publicly. And the reason why is because even though the question itself might pertain to that person's personal, what they're going through, a lot of times I find that there seems to be a similar issue that seems to underline these questions. And I know that by talking about these, even though it might not be exactly what somebody else is going through, I feel that it can trigger different ways of viewing things or different ways of approaching things. And so by doing this publicly, I feel that it allows for conversation and openness and, if anything, allowing others to know that they're not alone in their struggles or even just the way that they might view things. So if you're interested in continuing conversation or would like anything answered, again, feel free to send in your questions. And these episodes rotate. I have three different episode types. One is the story, which was episode one. This is episode two, the Q&A. And then I will have episode three, which is the interview. And I'll be rotating amongst those three subject matters. So feel free to send them in. Okay, so to get started, today's question is from Sana. Thank you so much for sending it in. Her question is, do you have any advice on how to bring your intuition into your creative practice? It sounds so easy, but I find it so hard. I feel like there is a gap between the part of me that is struggling, but longing, to write, and the part that is beginning to find presence and a deeper connection to my intuition. I want to create intuitively, but my head keeps getting in the way. Thank you so much for sending your question in, Sana. This is great. I find that a lot of people, including myself, have gone through this and continue to go through this. It's not one of those things where you get to a certain point and you don't struggle with this. I find that it's a constant practice and a constant needing to be very focused and conscious of how you're approaching what you're doing. So this question is many tiers and I think that I'm going to go in and maybe elaborate on a few of these things. But the first part of it, so asking about 
how to bring intuition into the creative practice. Um, and I know that, again, she says it's easy, but I find it so hard, which I definitely can relate. Let's first talk about intuition and the idea of creative practice. I feel that this goes hand in hand because when someone is creating, although I know there's different schools of thought and that many times people will say, well, in order to foster creativity, you have to just approach it like work, where even if you don't have creative juices flowing, you have to get in there and just put the time in and you can't expect for creative mojo to happen or you can't expect for it to come to you suddenly like a lightning bolt hitting you. I do believe that, yes, there are some people who do need to get the engine going before creative things happen. And yes, I think for some people that's true. But again, my personal take on it is that we all are built so uniquely and there's definitely no one way to approach something. It's a matter of finding out what works for you. And I find that it's just taking different perspectives, different advice, different ways of working processes and picking and choosing what works for you. A lot of it is needing to do trial and error where you test it out and see if it's working or not. From there, you start building something unique that works for you. And so with the creative process or to create a creative practice is to first figure out what's working for you and what's not intuitively. And that means that it's not based on what someone else tells you what to do. Even myself, I give a lot of creative advice in interviews or if I give a talk, but in essence, it's just one way of doing something. And I always tell people, don't take everything I say 100%. It's about extracting what works for you. And it's always just sharing ideas and from there seeing what works for you. So for example, for myself, I've tried so many different things. I know that there's various multiple, who knows, infinite ways of building a creative practice. I've heard about, again, going into work nine to five, approach it like work, make sure that you're going in and just doing stuff and eventually creative things will happen to you. For some people that works and I think that it doesn't matter what type of creative output you're doing, whether it's more fine art based or whether it's more commercial based. Some people just work really well like that. And I tried it, but for me, it just didn't work. It felt very forced and nothing good would come out of it. And I felt that it was just this idea of cranking things out. It didn't connect to the natural way that I usually like to work. And so that didn't work. I've tried the paint for 100 days, create something every single day, little by little, one painting, one little painting. And I tried that and that also didn't work for me. And again, it's not that it doesn't work. It's just trying to figure out what works for you. For my creative process or my creative practice, what I've honed it down to is figuring out why I'm doing my practice what are the key things that make me excited about my practice that makes me want to go into the studio to create? And what is it that I'm doing in the studio that makes me feel the output is really connected to my being? And I started to break it down. It wasn't just happening and I'm not realizing what the formula is. So I started to jot down memos about, okay, so I love the way that that felt, that process, that part of the studio practice. I enjoyed that. What was that? So I would write it down and I started to build up on it and I would read books about skills.
scheduling. I've been since I was little and I would, I remember I would carry these notebooks with me. I would have 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., wake up and brush teeth and 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., eat breakfast. And it's been like this since I was young. And I continue to be very much obsessed with this idea of creating a very structured day. But I've also found out I'm very bad or feel very restricted when it gets too regimented, meaning that if it's really blocked out from hour to hour, minute to minute, it becomes very straining. And that goes into my practice as well. Whereas before I would block out time thinking, okay, so from 10 to 10.30 is when I'm going to paint because during my practice, I noticed that that's the time that I felt more alive and focused. But by putting those blocks on there, 10 to 10.30, I ended up losing that magic, the, the feeling that I was connecting at that time, which was really strange because when I had the more open, relaxed time, 10 to 10.30 felt great. But now when I start putting those markers on there, suddenly it's feeling of stress or feeling pressured. I started to piece things together. I noticed that I, again, have this obsession about finding schedules. So I read different books on scheduling. The recent one I read was called The Power of When by Michael Brewis, I believe his name, PhD. And along with that, there's other various scheduling books, or I think the other one I recently read that was really interesting was about artists, creatives, and the different daily rhythms that they worked in. I can't think of the name right now of the book. I'll have to put in the show notes underneath, but if you're interested. And there's other ones I read as well. To say the least, I think it was trying to take the bits and pieces that I gravitated towards, which made me really interested in creative practice and funneling into what works for me. So it's come to the point now where I realized, and I'm still continuing to massage this, it's never a a for sure thing because it basically depends on how you're feeling. Maybe one day you feel great and you can be on schedule. And maybe some days you feel not so great and you need a little bit more wiggle room. So I try to keep it loose, but I realize that I do like structure and with a little bit of structure and some freedom within it, it allows for my creativity to really flourish. Within that, I think I've been able to figure out, okay, so between this time and this time, which is for me 10 to 3 with an hour lunch break is when I'm the most focused, but in the morning is when I do my creative work where I'm really just diving into the depths of creativity. And in the afternoon, I'm doing more admin stuff, so emails and things like that. And that seems to be a really good balance for me. And within those two categories, I dive in a little bit deeper. What do those two segments of my workday, how can I approach it so that it feels even more attuned to how I am naturally. And that's where the intuition part comes in. So the way that I bring intuition into the creative practice is once I had figured out more logistically or more logically, I guess, how I wanted to structure the day, how to approach my work in a way that felt really good to me naturally on a physical level and on a mental level, Once I could figure that out, then it was next bringing in the more deeper parts of the practice and figuring out what felt intuitively good to me. For example, the painting part. So I figured out, yeah, I want to paint in the morning, 10 to 12. That seems great. I can't break it down too small because it feels very regimented and rigid. So I figured all that out. And what part of the practice on a mechanical level do I enjoy? 
Do I like to work with a lot of different mediums versus working simply? And for me, across all, not just with my practice, but in life in general, I like to approach things as simply as possible because my inner world is just so complex. So with even the painting, I figured out, you know, I love working with minimal materials. But that's just the, the external. It was next using intuition to figure out how do I want to approach my work. And from there, I brought in the spiritual side of myself, which is a big part of everything that I encompass or that I do in my daily life. It was about how do I tie in the spiritual, not so much the practice of the spirituality, for example, meditation, yoga, journaling, reading, all those things are part of my spiritual practice. But what is it about the practice do I feel connected to? And how can I bring that into the actual work I'm doing? The feeling is what I was trying to go for or that connection that I felt. What is it that gets me so excited about the practice that makes me want to meditate more, makes me want to read more? What is it about it that feels so in line with my being? I started to figure out how that would relate to my work as a artist or a poet or a writing or however, however way that you want to express yourself. I found that it doesn't really matter the output if you can connect with that core part of you that feels really in line with anything that you're doing because that means that you're on this path that is aligned with your beliefs and who you are as an individual. In order for there to be a creative practice that is in line with intuition, I think it's a matter of breaking it down, figuring out the different elements that go into the creative practice portion and then bringing the intuition into that structure so that you can start really molding it into something that is you. Now, a lot of people find that intuition is a very vague thing people talk about intuition all the time, like follow your intuition or feel the intuition. But it's, it's like, what is intuition? You know, or, or how do I find that? It's a very personal experience. And it's hard to gauge how someone might experience that moment. But the way that I like to tell someone who might be looking for that marker or who might be searching for that or trying to give themselves acknowledgement that, okay, yes, that's, that's how I feel when I'm aligning with intuition is there's a few different things that I tell people to look for. So one is, do you feel this deep knowing? It's almost as if it doesn't matter. Let's say someone came up to you and you had this deep knowing about something and they say to you, oh no, that's wrong. Or "Mm, I don't know about that. But you know, and don't know really know why, but deep down, you know, that is right for you. A lot of times these things are rooted in the subconscious or maybe even further into past lives and things like that. I won't get into that in this episode. But again, it's this deeper knowing that's connected to a larger source that helps you to know and not waver from that knowing. So that's the first thing I say to look for. The second one, it's almost as if it's a compass. And when you hit that intuitive mark, your blood starts rushing or you're really clear thinking or things start to fall into place and intuitively, again, intuitively, in your mind, you know, yes, this feels right. It could be completely different from what you had thought or it can be something you didn't expect. And a lot of times it is. But if somewhere inside you just feel so excited about it or 
you feel all of your body, all of your cells, your whole being is like, yes, yes, yes. You know, if you feel like that, then yes, that's intuition that you are hitting that point. And the third one that I tell people is when you are aligning with your intuition, you feel this sense of, it's almost as if you're expanding into this truth. It takes you on a journey to the next thing and the next thing. And there's no, mm, there's no resistance to it. Nothing is pushing back or you don't feel forced or it doesn't feel contrived. Whatever it is that you are feeling intuitively drawn towards or connected towards, it's this natural connection that you feel like, ah, yes. So there's different ways. Not, I'm not saying all three happen at one time. Maybe it's one of them. Maybe it's an inkling of one of them. It could be all three, depending on what it is. But those are some of the things to look for if you are in search of intuition and how to channel into that, which is always a great thing. And start with little things. It doesn't have to be a huge life decision to figure out if intuition is clicking for you. It could be something little that you can try to see what makes you tick or what makes you excited (laughs) and most likely that will be a moment where intuition is connecting with the physical world or your outside world now the other part of sana's question talks about this feeling of there being a gap and this struggle this wanting to write that she starts feeling there is a deeper connection or she starts feeling that something's happening but right when that happens she says that her head gets in the way or that the mind gets in the way. For this, a lot of times the mind gets in the way when we start to quantify or start to reason with the very essence of what is making us feel intuitively aligned. Again, when we feel this blockage, it's when the disconnect happens And our mind starts to take over and tell us what we should be feeling, what we should be doing, instead of allowing the intuition or the spirit, the heart to guide us. In reality, we would all love to have the mind and the heart be on the same page, right? That would be great. And in essence, they actually are. If we were to put aside and not think about the mind being the thinking brain, but the mind being the all-knowing, all-encompassing mind, then yes, they're on the same page. But We're talking more about the brain and the thinking. Unfortunately, or fortunately for some, we've been programmed to believe in certain things, to approach certain things in a way that it has to make sense logically. The universe or the unseen world is not so quantifiable. It's not so linear. Everything is happening simultaneously. There's no way to really quantify what is happening, what we are doing. When we're working from intuition, that's tapping into this universal, all-encompassing, all-simultaneous happenings. But because we are physical beings and tend to live in a very physical world where what we see is what we believe, what we hear is our truth, that we kind of equate one-to-one, the mind takes over when we start to expand a little bit too much into the unknown Something inside us triggers and we start feeling fear of the unknown or a fear of not being able to quantify or to label or to try to compartmentalize certain things in our life. For example, in your case, Sana, 
what might be happening is when you're writing or when you're starting to expand into your intuition and you're starting to flow and feel what you want to write and you're like, yes, I'm connecting, yes, and all this good stuff is coming out of you and then suddenly your mind's like, no, 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 that doesn't make sense, you don't know how to do this correctly or that doesn't, that doesn't sound right, no, you're not good enough or you haven't studied it or how can anybody think this is good? Who's going to read this? All these things start to come into the mind because as you can tell, these thoughts are very limiting. But by limiting the expansiveness, it allows us to be able to, at that moment, it allows us to be able to feel that we're putting some restrictions or borders along this expansion. So it doesn't go too far out to the point where we won't understand how to approach it. But what I would want to say is when you go through those experiences where your mind starts taking over the thinking mind starts taking over just kind of take a breather put your pencil down or your your fingers off from the keyboard take a deep breath and ask yourself are the things that are going through my mind are those truths are those my truths is it something that somebody told me to believe is it something that i'm telling myself to believe and if so once you figure that out are those really things that you truly believe in what i mean by that is If in your mind, it's telling you something different from what your heart is telling you, is that block something that you put there for a reason? Is it fear-based? Is it something that someone told you when you were a child or as you're grown up, maybe somebody commented and it's put a little, maybe a little dent, not a huge dent, but just, you know, a little one where every time you hit that point, you start to feel this fear of moving past it. Now. Once you identify what that is, you can start to approach it by not judging it. You're not going to be like, oh, you know, that happened and that's why I feel like this and oh, that's so bad. But it's more about, okay, I know I think like this when this happens. I know I feel a block. I want to connect more, but this is not allowing me to do it. Then what I would say is there's a little exercise and on the show notes, you could find this technique. What you can do is, so when you find that thought coming, the limiting thought or something that's telling you you can't do it, you write that down on a piece of paper. You look at it, you read it, and then you tell yourself, no, I don't think I believe in that. Or no, that's not part of me. Or even if you do believe in it, but you don't want it to be a part of you, you say to it by looking at it and say, I don't need you to be a part of my life anymore or part of my thought process or however you want to put it. You just say, I don't want it. You literally scrunch up that piece of paper and you throw it away or you can burn it (laughs) or you can do whatever you want with it, but discard it. And not to say that that one time is going to alleviate you of all of it and you're going to be like, but it's going to be a continual practice where that's going to come up over and over again. You're going to have to do the same process where you write it, you look at it, you acknowledge it, no judgment. But at that point, you make a decision whether you want to keep that or not. Now, if it's something that you are not quite sure about, then you can put it aside for now. Look at it and say, I'm not sure what I want to do with this at this point, but I will put it aside while I'm doing this writing that I'm doing so that you can refer back to it later. It doesn't have to be an immediate yes or no answer type of thing. How this works is you are not only on the physical world visually looking at those words that you wrote, that you acknowledge to be a part of your mental understanding. Once you accepted that that's a part of you and then you make a choice 
whether or not you want to keep it in your life or not, that's the power behind that practice or that exercise is to be able to tell yourself it doesn't have to be a part of you or what you do. Again, this practice is not magic where by doing this, poof, it's gone and you're like, okay, I'm great. But it's more about the continual acknowledging and choice making and telling your conscious mind that that's not something that is a part of you anymore or you don't want it. By doing this, you're slowly releasing one of the blockages in you. And so next time you approach writing again or any creative practice where you find this block, little by little, you'll notice that it starts to diminish. You'll notice that it doesn't have such a stronghold on you anymore, that you're able to move forward. Before you know it, it won't be there as a block. Or you'll think, oh, yeah, I remember. Eh, It was such a big deal to me, you know. So (laughs) that's what we are wanting to approach with every little thing. And all of us have things that block us. Our minds are constantly in motion. We're thinking about things. It's about, one, acknowledging what those things are. Two, not judging. And three, making a choice whether or not those things are going to be a part of your mental vocabulary or not. And it's really simple if you think about it, but it's the practice of doing that over and over that it becomes an actual truth, a new truth that you are developing for your own self through the choice that you make. Because a lot of times the things that we carry as understandings or truths as adults, we might have been programmed or we might have been taught these things at a very young age where at that time we didn't know that we had a choice or if anything before we realized it was already a part of our truth vocabulary in our mind once we have these realizations is one by one it's as if we're cleaning house a little bit right we're cleaning out the things that we don't wear anymore and the things that we choose to wear that are timeless we keep we might add a few new outfits in our closet and as the season changes and we change we might change our look we might change our fashion but It's always about not thinking that, okay, we do it one time and it's over, but it's this constant practice of going back to it, re-examining, cleaning up, exploring. Every time we do that, we actually go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper into our spirit and we are able to see who we are better and have these realizations, which are really great. I try to do this all the time and it's fun because you get to find out not only about yourself, but the people around you, the way you interact. It's just everything you start to realize everything is connected i mean not just you and people but plants and animals and just everything again another podcast but (laughs) but i would definitely encourage if you have been away for a while from your closet definitely go and take a look it doesn't have to be spring cleaning all at one time just a few pieces at a time take a look at them see if there's anything in there that you want to give away for some new space And I'm sure you will find that it'll connect places, thoughts, things that you thought were completely irrelevant in your life will start to connect. Nothing happens. Nothing is in our life as a coincidence or as extra stuff. It's just about whether we are consciously aware of it or not. I hope this answers your question, Sana. I know it's a very long answer to your question and for the Q&A sessions on this podcast my hope is that by diving deeper into these questions and really breaking it down it'll help to bring up other ways of thinking and being thank you for joining me on this episode of I and I 
If what was shared resonates with your philosophy on life, please join me on this journey by subscribing or sending it along to someone who may feel aligned. Episodes will be following a rotating format of stories, interviews, and a Q&A session where I'll be answering questions sent by listeners and followers on other platforms. If you might have a question you would like answered, please feel free to send them to hello at satsukishibuya.com or you can find a Q&A form to fill out under the About section of INI on the website. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest under Satsuki Shibuya. To stay afloat with all the happenings of our studio, please sign up for our monthly newsletter under satsukishibuya.com backslash newsletter. A special thank you to Amelia Ishii, studio manager, and Nina Sayers, studio assistant, for their support in making this podcast. I am truly grateful to be working with such amazing souls. Looking forward to connecting again in two weeks, but until then, may your everyday be filled with moments of harmony and peace.